You're listening to a Behind Closed Doors podcast on 3CR 855 AM. Visit the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au forward slash Behind Closed Doors. Our podcasts are also available on iTunes and Spotify. This show is broadcast on the land belonging to the people of Kulin Nation. Behind Closed Doors 3CR pays its respect to elders past, present and emerging and acknowledges that sovereignty has never been ceded, always was and always will be Aboriginal land. You have tuned in into 3CR's program Behind Closed Doors. This program explores all topics related to sex work. We give sex workers and allies a comfortable space to share their experiences. We also appreciate questions from the general public. Behind Closed Doors aim to uncover what the sex industry is really like. Our program exists to bridge the gaps. Please be mindful this program is not suitable for little years as there may also be explicit language use. Please email us at bcd3cr at gmail.com. Good evening, everyone. You're joining us on Behind Closed Doors, Australia's only sex worker radio show. I'm Kitty Galore, and today I am reconnecting with a very amazing, fantastic colleague that I used to work with, Ms. Paz Bazaar. Welcome to the show, Paz. Thank you so much, Kitty. It's so good to be here. We've had you on the show before, and you were traveling as an international BDSM sex worker. And we're happy to invite you back to the show so you can update us with your journeys. And also because this month we're celebrating sex worker mums as well. That's amazing. Yeah, and decrim. Yes, decrim too. It's It's been a long time coming. It has, and we've all worked so hard and... The advocacy on your show and, yeah, in the space, it's just been amazing to be a part of it and witness history. So Paz and I used to work together ages ago, right? We won't count the years. <laughs> but <laughs> since then, I mean, back in those days, you and I were probably sort of just getting started and making a killing in the field. But at the same time, uh, we were both just, you know, single individuals, um, head down, bum up, go in, make the money, come home, and just working towards our goals back then. Um, since then, you know, you're now on board studying and fighting the good fights, and now we've got decrim, and you're also a sex worker mom. Like, can you tell me how you've been balancing all these things? It's been a transformation, that's for sure, and I feel that each transfers into the other and it's really helped me to get better boundaries so it's kind of a vibe thing so you know back in the day when we used to work it was like weekends night kind of you know work as hard as you can and now I just have that discernment because I have to and yeah it's just become I'm bringing my lived experiences into the sessions that I'm cultivating as well. So now it's not about, it's about working smarter, not harder. Mm. And really it's somehow not thinking so much about money, even though of course I'm thinking about money and we all love money. That's why we're here. (laughs) And um, it's about really, Fine-tuning the business, I think, and more about discernment. So no more weekends, no more late nights, 
However, my clients are just, I think they respect me a lot more. They're like being a mother, I have a rapport, particularly when they're parents or if they're younger guys coming in and they were a child headed by a single mother because I am a single mother, mm-hmm. so they can really relate to me. So, yeah, overall, it's just created a better clientele for me and as well a niche. That's so fantastic and I'm so happy for you. that Even the fact that you're, you are still in sex work after all these years just comes to show that sex work is a viable business, is a viable form of income. Um, and we were just talking before about how sex work has also made you become a better parent as well. Like how amazing is all of these things? It's it's so perfect because there's so many benefits to sex work, as you know. It's But as a parent, it's, it's things which are really important. The flexibility, the higher income, the economic independence from an intimate partner. So I'm queer and I knew early on I didn't particularly want to be in a heteronormative kind of nuclear family mm-hmm. model. And but I did want kids. I, I always love children. I didn't know how that would look. And yeah, that being a sex worker made me think, okay, so I can adopt, maybe I'll foster. Yeah, and it just happened that I had my own. It was very serendipitous. And other than the financial aspect, I thought, well, I can do this because I don't have to be on welfare. And I am also in vanilla work as well on the side. I always have a vanilla hustle. Mm -hmm. And I have to say that it's always been skewed to the patriarchy. It's it's not favoring a, a motherhood role the hours that you have to work within, they want you to be on call. And so, yeah, sex work gives me the flexibility that other jobs just cannot. So many mums have to bear the brunt of being a responsible parent and at the same time helping the family raise that amount of income that they need to support the family, right? I personally don't have children on my own, but I can only imagine like how much responsibility comes with having a human child. Like I've got two dogs and for me, I already feel like being a dog parent has enormous responsibilities. So babies are hard enough. <laughs> I treat them like human children, um, even though they're not quite. And obviously, they don't have to go to daycare. Um, talk to us some more about how you do it as a sex worker mum. How do you explain to other people what you do or if you do that at all? Look, it's nuanced. So it depends on the city and the, and the vibe. So intuitively in Sydney, I was out to everyone, including my son's kindergarten. It just had a progressive vibe there. We were living in a very queer, rainbow-friendly community and they, they didn't care. They just didn't care. Same with Berlin, same with when we were living in Glasgow, Scotland. However, when we returned to Melbourne, I found it was quite conservative. So we have, we're mostly out. I'm mostly out to friends and family. However, my son goes to a religious private school. So while a couple of the parents I'm close to know, the school doesn't know. Do you think it would have negative consequences if they did find out? 
Uh, absolutely. I think it would. However, I'm not too fussed about it. As you know, I am face out. Mm -hmm. It's more to protect him. So I'm not advertising it. If we did get found out, it it would be a bit of a shame just for the logistics of it and because I like the school otherwise. However, it just would show that it's not the best fit, <laughs> isn't it? But, like, what I'm hearing is, like, when you've travelled overseas and when you're living in Sydney, it was no big deal. So it's like, come on, Melbourne, get with the times. Yeah, definitely. It is like that. And I think that that's something that I'm really welcoming about Decrim and the rollout and really decreasing and creating awareness of the stigma which exists and really proposing uh, we, we need a lot. We need a lot in that realm, mm. basically. And I'm welcoming that because, yeah, it is, of course, as you live through the world authentically, it's always more freeing because there's always that energy of, oh, Will they find out and what will they do if they find out? I mean, I've got into the age now. I, I, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care as much. However, it would be nice if I didn't have to even think about it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Melbourne, get with the program. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's so interesting because back in the day when we were working together, I didn't know that you were queer, nor did I know that you wanted children. You know, it was just going to work, head down, bum up, go in, make your money and go home, right? And, like, just to see you grow from where we were back then, um, you've come such a long way and, like, you're just – flourishing and celebrating who you are and the authenticity that's in you and you know you've always been Paz Bazaar you've always been that wonderful person that's always embracing and celebrating every individual thank you so much for saying that I think wow we've both come so far <laughs> <laughs> and yeah you're right it, it was like a out-of-body experience working there in some ways it was just yeah just focused on that and I think sex work and parenting has really been a catalyst for as I unleash other people's freedom and seek to facilitate other people's freedom and fantasy it's it's also doing that for me so when I connect to them on that level I find out more about my likes my dislikes who I am and that's part of what I share with my son so uh he kind of knows what I do and I keep it age appropriate mm -hmm. and they are under 10 years old so you know there are limitations around that but in conjunction with my psychologist what I share with him uh because I also work in healthcare is that in both jobs Mummy makes people feel better, and he loves that. He's like, yeah, you'd be great at that. <laughs> Keep doing that. <laughs> so for our listeners who may be sex worker mums themselves, whether in a relationship with you know other people or by themselves as single mothers, what advice would you give them or how would you tell them to proceed if they were wanting to share a little bit about what they are doing with their children or child? I think it's a tricky one, you know, because every family is different, every dynamic is different. And I can only speak for myself and my own lived experiences. The last thing I want to do is 
is create shame for people because I, I because I am quite out. A lot of my friends or people who see me move in the world, they go, "Wow, I want to do that," mm. and and they ask how, and I say, "Well, I can't tell you how, unfortunately, because to me, it's kind of my analogy is it's like coming out." I have friends who are really out, <laughs> and I have friends who can't tell their family because they would be disowned, they would be abused. I used to be that friend. <laughs> <laughs> no, but perhaps you know a lot of it comes with the component of weighing up our risk and making the judgment for ourselves to decide whether or not that freedom is worth the risk of being maybe cancelled or <laughs> outcasted by f- certain friends or family members and if we're ready to take that risk on. Absolutely, because there's a lot to it. It's very complex and and I, in some ways I am lucky and then in other ways I've lost people too. I've lost a lot by being out, but I've also gained a lot. For example, my relationship with my mother, she is my biggest fan. Every interview I do, I always plug my mother. Oh. I know you're going to listen to this later. I love you. Thank you. We joke that in a past life, if I believed in past lives of reincarnation, she must have been a sex worker in every one of them mm-hmm. because she is the biggest ally, advocate, and my biggest encouragement. So after I had my son, a slave from Berlin, he actually melted gold so that and, – and he provided for me so that I wouldn't have to work for the first two years of his life or put him in childcare. And – I I loved it. It was great. But my mom said to me, I haven't seen you like the, the person that I know. She she said, you need to get back into sex work doing it until you're at least 50. Come on. I guess in doing that, she's also giving you back your independence because you're no longer um, relying on anyone else to provide for you. Absolutely. Isn't that right? Absolutely. And so, yeah, through through that relationship, my point was through that relationship, sorry, I go off on tangents, you know me. <laughs> <laughs> through that relationship, I, I gained a lot from coming out and being vulnerable and sharing with her. But, you know, I'm, I'm estranged from some of my family as well who won't accept it. But for me, if it means that I can be my most authentic self, you know, you're going to have, you're going to disappoint people. The, the more you shine your light, that you will come along and disappoint people. I mean, people people don't even like Oprah Winfrey. Even mm. Eckhart Tolle has haters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that brings such a good point. And ultimately, I think that if we are thoughtful, conscientious people who are kind and caring – then it doesn't really matter how other people may judge us, whether they accept us or not. It's more a reflection on them as opposed to a reflection on ourselves. Absolutely. And, you know, this has made me think of something. It's really important to accept yourself first and foremost because through all of this journey and through speaking to other sex workers and when they've been wondering whether they're going to come out to family, whether they're a parent or not, you know, whatever the circumstances are, 
I find that it usually comes from a place of shame. Like, am I not worthy? Mm. Is this okay to be doing this? And kind of seeking that validation. But if you know you're cool, <laughs> no matter what, <laughs> that's the most important thing. And actually, I do like surprising people. I have had some friends over the years, and I didn't tell them at the time, but then you know, recently in the last, when I say recently, I mean in the last five, seven years, I came out to them and I said, hey, so all these years, this is what I've been actually doing. And they've been like, oh, wow, that's so cool. And I wouldn't have thought that. Wow. (laughs) It just blows their mind because then it normalizes it. Because then they're thinking, oh, the caricature of what a sex worker is like. Mm. However... They're like, oh, you do it and you study and you're a mom and oh, oh, and you're a sex worker too. Oh, okay. You're just you. So it, I think it's really important to, for people to realize it's not like, it's not like what's depicted in media and pop culture. Mm. And there's so many sex workers who are just like you and I, who are just everyday people, really. Oh, totally. And, and that's a funny thing too, right? I like to discuss with my colleagues. It's like so many clients in particular will think that I'm some sort of, you know, kink, sex rabbitous <laughs> time. And it's like, dude, I am actually just smoking weed and playing <laughs> music and chilling out, being a total introvert. You wouldn't recognize me on the street. I'm not wearing latex. Wearing a beanie, I probably look like a homeless person. But, <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's not what a lot of people think. Mm. And I suppose when we are hired as sex workers, we're being paid by the hour to provide a service. Um, that service ends when that time of that booking ends, right? And we're allowed to be a different type of person. We're almost like performers in some ways. We are. And, and that's the thing. It's, it's paying for that intimacy in the moment. Of course, I'll be professional. I will be the MILF. I will be the firm mistress. I will be whatever you want me to be. It's, and that's, it's not, it's very, ah, what's the word? It's like a curation of energy too. It's not just, it's not acting. It's feeding off their energy. Do you know what I mean? ah, I had some really fun role plays yesterday (laughs) and I I really got into a lot of them because um, that dynamic was there. So, yeah, you're paying for that time. And then whatever happens after that, I I really find it important, especially as an introvert, I have to switch off. I have to process. I need to decompress. I have strategies to create connection in other areas of my life. And Mm. it's really important for me personally, and I would recommend it to others too, to not be so wrapped up in the identity. Mm, Because sex work doesn't define someone, like a profession doesn't define one person. Exactly. But I find it harder, and this is from uh, discussions that I've had recently with uh, friends and friends from work, Um, And I would be interested to see if you agree with me. Because it's so personal and because it's so intimate, I find that more so than other work, you can actually blur the boundaries more. And by this I mean 
the name, you have this name, you have this persona that goes with the name, and then you get rejected because, of course, people pick you, maybe you're the, it's new girl money, maybe you're the flavor for the month, but, you know, some days you don't get picked, some weeks you don't get booked. And then what then? You know, if you identify with your work, overly identify with it so much, I've seen it happen with a lot of friends where they internalize that and go, something's wrong with me. Mm. Oh, I'm not good at sex. Oh, maybe I'm not pretty enough. It it becomes more than, you know, if you work in a shop and no one buys your things, you don't go, I'm ugly and shit. <laughs> it must be my personality that they didn't buy anything in the shop. I tend to agree and disagree. Um, you and I, we've worked together for year in, year out, <laughs> quite some time, right? And we have seen both of that truth and the opposite of that truth work at the same time. So you've got really beautiful magazine cover model type woman who's making money and then all of a sudden she doesn't make money and she feels like her worth has just passed and she's no longer beautiful. But at the same time, we've also seen um, the opposite. So a woman who's not your typical magazine cover model, just smash it and kill it week in, week out. And I think from what I gathered, it is the level of confidence that really, really makes someone so sexy. Confidence is the best thing you can wear, I say. I'm like, I'm not the prettiest. I may not be the best at my craft. There's other people who can wield a flogger much better than me (laughs) (laughs) or whatever it may be. But when you are confident, you make other people feel confident in your presence as well. And it's the sexiest thing. Yeah, that's how I feel about it. Um, Because obviously, I'm not getting any younger. Um, (laughs) I remember that when I was. There's a market there. You could be a girl eventually. (laughs) When I was, you know, working with you and a lot younger than I am today, I used to get a client who come in and said, "Oh, you know, I know you must be really young because of how chubby your cheeks were." I thought to myself, hmm, is is that a compliment? I guess I'll have to take it as a compliment anyway. <laughs> I didn't get booked, but at the same time, I used that as a compliment. And I chose, I made an active decision not to take that personally uh, and not to let that bring me down for the day. Because I knew that if I let that affect me, I would make no more money for the rest of the day. Businesswoman like me, Kitty, we're businesswomen. I feel like you and I have it down. <laughs> I just wish I could spread that that feeling and that vibe to others because I, I personally know a lot of a lot of sex workers who yeah they have that identity crisis and issue and I, I like to remind them that you know that that character is not you and that rejection is not about you. If anything, use it as fuel to your to your fire. Well, we've got five minutes left in this short chat that we're trying to bring to air. Let's both of us put our mummy hats on. And if we had daughters or younger or anyone who's coming into this industry for the first time or is new to this industry, like what is it that we would share with them in terms of growing the business, in terms of, you know, their journey moving forward, being a sex worker? What do you think you would like to share? 
I'm going to share something funny <laughs> and light <laughs> because I, I feel this is something that I take in my civilian job as well. And that is when I look at a client, particularly when they're pissing me off, <laughs> I think that's someone's son, well, or that's someone's child. And then it makes me accordingly, you know, give the benefit of the doubt, be a bit more empathetic, have that emotional intelligence, treat them well. And in my civilian job too, I, I think, I imagine, that's my family, that's, that's someone's loved one mm. coming in. So, yeah. What's yours? That's a tough pill to swallow, especially in healthcare when someone's being really rude with us. Spitting <laughs> on your face, but you know, then I get to spit in theirs as a dom. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, I think that if I was a mummy and, uh, you know, I've got a kid who's in the industry or I've just found out they're in the industry, I would say make sure you learn to love you. Um, mm. At the end of the day, it's not the job or the money that comes in that defines you. It's you who has to accept yourself and learn to find things about yourself to celebrate and don't rely on others to celebrate you. That's a good one. I like that. Yeah, because people change and clients come and go. There's a season of life for a lot of things. And at the end of the day, we are the consistent factor that we have to live with day in, day out. And this is a lesson from my own journey being a sex worker. You know, I had to learn to be proud of being a sex worker myself, knowing that I am actually quite a square person. I know so many asexual sex workers and prudish sex workers. It's so funny. I need to wear that like a like a badge of honor. Like it's okay if I'm a bit traditional and prude and I don't drink and don't smoke and that's okay too. <laughs> Embrace yourself. And that that brings me, you just reminded me of something my psychologist said a long time ago. He said to me, you know, the only time you need to get out because, you know, this is after a lot of clients, I'm sure you've had it too, when they're like, so when do you think you're going to stop doing this? Mm. You said the only time you need to think that is when you feel it's a bad, when you feel it's a bad choice, when you don't feel good about it, mm. when you don't feel good about yourself. That's the only time, not because of age, not because of fading logs, not because of anything else. It's just if it doesn't give you a good feeling mm. of connection. I, and think, I think that's applicable to any job. Right? Yes, I was just about to say that. Oh, well, snap. Yeah, I've got some friends in their late 30s who are, in, you know, software developing, and they're like, you know, it's time for a change. I'm going to switch to physio. And, like, you know, go you. Like, follow your passion. It's great. To, it's great to follow your passion and your dream. If it's sex work, then more power to you. If it's accounting, more power to you. But ultimately, you know, it's about finding ourselves um, and then celebrating ourselves for whomever we are. I love that. I feel like that's perfect to end on because that was that was beautiful. <laughs> we used to say a lot, it takes two to tango, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, you've been listening to Behind Closed Doors, Australia's only sex worker radio show. And if you've enjoyed this session, and if you would love to learn more about our guest today, you can find her online on Twitter at Ms. Paz Bazaar. And that's M-I-S-S-P-A-Z-B-I-Z-A-R.
R-R-E. Thanks for joining us, Paz. Thank you so much, Kitty. It's great to be here. We hope that you've enjoyed tonight's show. Coming up next is a song by Peaches, and it's called Operate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of Behind Closed Doors. We sincerely hope you enjoy this episode as much as we have enjoyed producing it.